All right. You know, as I've been telling you, I, I, I've been watching a lot of rapture movies because I like to see how they, they play it out. And uh, there's one that's been made about three or four times, I think the Left Behind series, you know? And there's a new one out, Left Behind series. And they had a panel that they were interviewing because they wanted to, they wanted to figure out what really happened. So they had a pastor on the panel. And they said, Pastor, was this the rapture? And he says, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm still here. <laughs> he said, about 300 of my people are still here. He said, no, this couldn't have been the rapture. There's this massive disappearance. And he said, it couldn't have been the rapture because I'm still here. Well, I'm here today to tell you that pastor was jacked up. And he missed the rapture. And I do not want to miss it. Amen. And I don't want you to miss it. If you're still here and a massive amount of people go missing, it was not aliens. It was Jesus. Okay, you got to get that in your head and your heart and know. If you're still here, you know, you can take my place. And you can start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can still be saved after the rapture, but you're going to pay. Just know that. There's a lot that you're going to go through. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This isn't my message, by the way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And then, and, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. In the movie, the new one left behind, you can watch it. They, they went through this scripture during the church and, and Kevin Zorbo has given his life to Jesus and he's working to convince his daughter of Christ. He wants his daughter to surrender to Jesus. And she goes, I gotta go. And she gets up and she runs out. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, come on girl. And she goes to the cemetery where her grandma's buried with a shovel. And she digs up her tomb. This is where you fell asleep. <laughs> she dug up her grandma's tomb. And she opened up that, and she got her boyfriend there to help her. And she opened up that casket. And all that was there was a dress. And her grandma had had a necklace and a cross. Because it says, this scripture, they read it to her. The dead in Christ will rise first. She ran there, dug up her grandma, and her grandma's body was gone. And she gave her life to Jesus that day. Listen, it's a lot easier now. You don't want to have to dig up your grandma <laughs> to get proof. Receive the proof now. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is your Savior. And He has a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you, 
to give you a future filled with hope. Amen. That's, that's who we serve. That's why we're here. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Oh my gosh. That was so weak. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> so say it like you mean it. Amen. Well, we're starting a new series today and it's prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. And uh, I know that God wants to do amazing things these next four weeks in prayer and in praise. And I'm going to start today with praise. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read Isaiah 61, verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray today that as we go into your word and we put on that garment of praise, Father God, that all heaviness, depression, Father God, would leave this place and you'd break those chains for us, God, that, Lord, that people would be set free from depression today, Lord, from the heaviness of this world, Lord, that you'd break those chains, Lord, that you would even get people off of the medicine, Father God, for depression today, that, Lord, that you set them free, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of praise today, God, that, Lord, that you would be lifted up in this house like never before. We thank you, Father. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Now, we're in a season in, of life where spiritual warfare is necessary. The word of God tells us in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, so my, our battle is not against people. You got to stop fighting people, amen? Stop arguing with people. Know that your battle is spiritual, amen? The battle is against principalities. It's against powers. It's against rulers in the darkness of this age. It's against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. That's who our battle's against. My battle's not with any person. It's against the spirits that are attacking people, amen? Because sometimes spirits oppress people and then the people act out on that. And you got to look at it from that perspective that when people see, we got to learn to, to discern spirits so that when you know somebody's usually nice to you, and then all of a sudden they're lashing out, what are they being oppressed by? What spiritual host of wickedness is coming against them that's causing them to act that way? And then, so I don't, you know, I don't pray against Delanda if she's acting out crazy to me. I said, what is attacking Delanda? And I pray against that. See, we tend to pray against people. But you don't have to pray against people. Look and discern what spirit is attacking people, what's oppressing people, and then pray against that spirit. Amen? That's how we got to look at things because our battle's not against people. And Paul's, he says all this, and he's given us direction to put on the full armor of God, amen? So we can stand against what the enemy is trying to do. We have the belt of truth. So you put on the belt of truth. How do you take the belt of truth off? You do. You lie. 
When you lie, you take the belt of truth off. So when you keep that belt of truth intact, you don't lie, amen? But when you start lying, that belt goes, woo, you just, and then you got to put on it. See, I don't put on the armor of God every day. I don't have to. I'm not going to lie. Well, thank you for that one amen. <laughs> Rest of you were thinking about it right now. Did I tell a lie today? You don't lie. And then you put on the breastplate of righteousness. See, how do you take off the, the breastplate of righteousness? You don't do things right. You do it your way instead of God's way. When you do it your way, then you better pray every day. God, forgive me and put back on that breastplate, amen? And then our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. How do you take that off? Just walk around and be angry. There's so many angry people in the world today. They don't have peace at all. I'm like, Delon and I have been watching some videos of the way people are responding to things, and it's like, oh, there's a lot of angry people in this world. And they're not too far away. They're angry and they, there's no peace about them and their feet are not shod with the gospel of peace. See, when your feet are shod with the gospel of peace, you're not living in anger, you're living in the peace. You're living in the gospel. You're living with the hope of being able to share the gospel with people, amen? And then you have the shield of faith. The shield of faith is, you know, it blocks what the enemy's trying to do because the enemy will throw junk at you. But if you got your shield of faith, you're walking in faith. What, what's the opposite of faith? Doubt. So when you start walking in doubt, you, you get rid of your protection. You get rid of that shield that's protecting you against the fiery darts of the enemy that the word talks about. So when you, you start doubting you're, and you're like, and you go into that wonder mode, and then you start wishing instead of having your hope in Christ. See, because hope is not a wish. Hope is a confident expectation of God's promises, provision, and character. Okay, so hope is not a wish. Oh, I wish God would do something. See, there's no faith. You've taken it down. And, and, and people wonder why, man. And, and they, they say, well, I, I believe, but you wonder why you're getting pelted with all this junk from the enemy. It's because you've dropped your shield of faith. You stop believing that God's got it. And you let your situation and your life control you. And then that's how you start walking in anger instead of the gospel of peace, amen? You start walking in anger. See, and it just, it affects everything. And then if you don't have your helmet of salvation intact, you start thinking crazy things. You have to have that helmet of salvation. You have to have the mind of Christ because if you don't, then you're gonna do th weird things. And then you're gonna come and say, Pastor, I don't know why I did this, but... Keep it on. Walk it out your salvation. And then the sword of the spirit, our only offensive weapon, the word of God. The word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, keep it on the tip of your tongue. Meditate on it day and night. Do the word of God. Then you'll make your way prosperous and successful. Do the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, do the word of God. We got to do it, amen, because when we, we don't, we have no weapon to hold up, no offensive weapon. So we, we have all these spiritual tools, 
And we can't say, we can't fight these battles with natural ways. We can't fight it with war and guns and protests. I remember when John Harkey was here, he said, when the same-sex marriage thing came out in, you know, to vote in Hawaii, that 20,000 people came out in protest. And I remember he said, he said, what if we, they would have came out and prayed? See, protests ain't going to do it. But what if we prayed? What if we got together and prayed? What if we all came on Wednesday night when we spend time in worship and prayer and we pressed into God and we prayed? We just sought his face, amen? You know, we can't fight carnally. We can't get mad and angry at people and be hateful towards people because that's, that's carnal. And we're not carnal people, amen? Amen? We have to work things out in the spirit, and that's how we're going to win. So God has given us his way to fight things, and it's even at a level that God will fight for you. God wants to fight battles for you so that you don't have to fight, amen? You just have to know who you are in Jesus Christ. That's what you have to know. You need to know that Christ is is. In Christ, all things work together for good to them who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. All things. Everybody say all things. See, you know, the enemy would try to get you to believe that God's not for you when a bad thing's happened. But God is for you no matter what happens. Amen. When we're in him, bad things happen in this world, but he's still in me. Amen. The enemy's trying to get the church to be sad about life and events that are taking place around us. Everybody's wishing, well, I wish we could go back to win. God's got better things planned for us right now. Just stop looking at the bad things happening. Start looking at God things happening. Amen. Focus on God. Amen. The enemy wants us to dwell on how things used to be. He wants us to focus He wants us to focus on the changes in society, the enemy does, so that we get depressed and experience such heaviness that we grow silent. That's what the enemy's trying to do right now. He wants us to focus on what's happening out there so that we we just think, oh, you know, and then, you know, that you get afraid to say anything. You don't have to speak against people. You don't need to do that. You need to speak for God. Speak out for God. You don't have to speak hate. Speak how much God loves who? People. For God so the world, amen, the world, and and that world is people that he gave. Amen. This is what God wants you. God wants you to use our voice. He wants us to pray, amen. He wants us to praise, And these are key to our walk right now, prayer and praise. They're totally powerful for us. So today I want to focus on praise and worship. Praise, number one today. Praise breaks heaviness, depression, and discouragement. Praise breaks heaviness, depression, and discouragement. It breaks it. You see, there's so much power in praise. That's why when I brought Liz on board, I said, I want you to praise God no matter what. I want you to praise, 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 praise God. You have to praise God. We have to put on that garment of praise, amen? Because when you put on praise, 
It takes your focus off of what you're going through. When you put on that garment of praise, you start thinking about God instead of yourself. You start thinking about God instead of your problems, amen? It takes your focus off what the devil's doing because you can look at the world and see what's going on and get depressed about where our world is going, the things that are happening. But when you put on praise, you don't worry about the world because you understand that God's got it. God knows what's going on, amen, and he wants us to focus on him. And then it prays, put your focus on Jesus, on Jesus. This is the key to breaking heaviness. See, I don't have to take medicine for depression. I don't have to take medicine for heaviness. I don't have to, to take the medicine because I put on the garment of praise so that he, God, fights the depression for you. God takes that spirit, because it's a spirit. Everybody say spirit. spirit. It's a spirit that attacks you. The heaviness, the depression, the discouragement. That's the devil coming at you. And he uses things around you to do that. But when I put on praise, it's like that, that, that's gotta go. That, that stuff's gotta go. So, but if you don't put on praise, sure. You're going to be moved by the world. You're going to move by what you see with your natural eyes. It's not a natural fight. James 4, 7, it says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when, I, when I'm over here and I'm submitting to God, if I stay, just stay here. I don't have to go over here to resist the devil. I don't have to come here and think about what the, and try and resist what the devil's doing. I don't do that. I gotta stay here. I gotta stay right here and I gotta just stay submitted to God. I gotta stay in praise. I gotta stay in prayer. I gotta stay in exalting the Lord. I just gotta keep my focus on Jesus because when I keep my focus on Jesus, the things in the world start disappearing from me, amen? They start going away. And so the devil, the devil's going, man, we, we can't get this guy. We can't get him. And then when, by the time you get over here, the devil's going, we gotta go. We can't stand being around this guy anymore. We got to go. We got to go. Because if you just stay over there, if you just stay, don't focus on what you should be doing. Don't focus on what, what the devil wants you to do. Focus on Jesus. Focus on praising him, exalting him, glorifying him. Amen. When you do that, you stay here. The devil's going to go. Let's pack our bags. Let's get out of here can't take it. I can't stand being around him anymore. All that guy wants to do is praise the Lord. All that guy wants to do is glorify God. Oh man, we got to, they just can't take it. He has to flee. And the devil knows the word probably better than most of us. He knows it. He knows that when we stay there, he can't be here. But when we get caught up in what the devil's doing, oh man, I don't want to drink again. I don't want to do drugs again. I don't want to be angry anymore. Oh, I, how can I not be angry? Praise. How can I not drink anymore? Praise. See, because when you start praising, you don't want to do anything else. When you, you're, you're, you're not even thinking about that stuff anymore. Problems arise and you're like, they're like, oh, what are you going to do, Ron? I'm going to praise. <laughs> That's all I know to do. I'm just going to praise. You put on the garment of praise, listen, and it keeps you from getting heavy. It keeps you getting, from getting discouraged. Amen? It keeps you from getting that depression that'll grip you and stop you in your tracks. 
And that's what we have to do. We have to put on the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness will be gone. Our submission to God is where all our attention needs to go. When we praise God, your focus shifts from self to God. And that's where we need to be, thinking about God. The thinking always about God. It shifts your issue to God. Amen. It shifts from the devil to God. That's where we need to be. The reason the devil wants you to be depressed is that it keeps you from praising God. Oh, I can't lift my hands. I can't sing. You know, he doesn't, the devil doesn't care if you praise him. He doesn't care if you worship him or even if you do what he wants you to do. The devil doesn't care about that stuff. What he does care about is if you worship God. See, so what he wants to do is not get you to worship him, not get you to make a deal with the devil. That's not his plan. His plan is just to stop you from praising God, from worshiping God. That's his plan. Because if you're not for him, you're what? So when your resistance is down, then he's not required to leave. When you go from here to here, worrying about the devil, he don't have to go. He gets to hang out. He's like, hey, buddy, let's have a party. The devil knows if you get focused on Jesus, you'll be in auto mode of resisting the devil and he will have to flee. You just got to get your focus right. Praising God. Praising God. Everybody say praise God. Praise God. Now, when, you know, when we come into church, I try not to look around too much during singing, you know, because some, some people are just standing there looking around. I know that. Some people are singing. Some people just sit there and look around. Some people even raise their hands. Some people jump or dance, you know. Some people lay on their face. Some people get down on their knees, you know. How do you worship God? How are you praising God? Are you doing it with your lips or do you just skip praise and worship and come in for the word? You see, if you're skipping praise and worship and just come in for the word, you're missing half of what God is asking for of us. You, you just missed out half. See, I'll get, uh, slow down. I'm so excited about what he's, he's doing. But your weapon, everybody say weapon is praising with all that is in you. That's what it is, it's praising with all that's in you. We've added the flags up here, praising with all that's within you, amen? Just breaking the powers of darkness. It breaks the heaviness and depression. It breaks it, it sets you free, amen? It sets you, totally sets you free. You don't even have to think about what Satan is doing. You put on the garment of praise and it builds a resistance to the heaviness. It's, it's like you build a dome, uh, Psalms 512, it says around the righteous, he surrounds them with a the shield of favor. And that, Man, when I'm putting on that garment of praise and I got that shield around me, the devil's like, well, we can't get in. Can't get in. There's no access point because all this person's doing is praising God. You know, even when we threw this at him, he just praised God. We threw that at him, he praised God. You know, you put on the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness is where? It's gone. You don't have to carry it. You don't have to say, well, it's just part of who I am. No, it's not. God will intervene and fight for you. And this is where the anointing kicks in. 
This is where the anointing kicks in for you, amen? It kicks in. This is, this is where God fights that battle for you. You praise him, he'll fight for you. He's like, devil, you got to go. Bing. He just knocks him off, amen? You know, now, listen, I believe in rebuking and binding the devil. I do that. But you have to get into the position for God to fight for you. You don't have to fight depression and heaviness or discouragement. God will fight that spirit for you if you praise him. If you put your focus on Jesus. You can rebuke and bind, but if your life is not where it needs to be in closing doors to the devil, you can rebuke and bind all you want and he's still going to be there. Because you won't have that anointing and that power to knock him off. You guys got real quiet right there. Your power comes through the Holy Spirit, amen? Who is an active part of your life. This can't be a casual relationship with God. It has to be growing. It has to be powerful, amen? It has to be God thriving in your life. The, the intent is, of God is to make you as that scripture says, into trees of righteousness, that you're a tree, that you're an oak, that you can't be moved, you can't be shaken, amen, that you're not going to fall down. <laughs> hey, weak trees don't make it in this life. I know, man, we woke up, we lived in a, a townhome on Corona one day, and all of a sudden in the middle of the night, we hear this amazing boom. It's like, what in the world was that? We go down stairs, go outside. The 70 foot pine tree with shallow roots had fallen. It fell right across the front of all the townhomes there. If it would have fallen, it was right in front of our place. If it would have fallen this way, Probably killed Delonda and I. My daughter was visiting. She was on the couch. Would have probably killed her too. Maybe even Jeanette. But it fell that way. But the thing about that tree, it had shallow roots. Probably wasn't praising God. <laughs> See, when you start praising God, your roots start going deeper, deeper, deeper. And you don't fall as easily. Amen. You become like that oak that can withstand the storm and you stand strong. And that's where God wants us to be. You know, and this takes, takes place when you praise him. And then this takes place, number two, God inhabits the praises of his people. I said, number two, it's okay. Number two, come on, worship team. <laughs> God inhabits the praises of his people. Now listen, Psalms 22, verse three, it says, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Okay, now I wanna read you the notes out of my Bible. I use the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. I read the notes on this particular scripture. I was so blessed. So I want to bless you with it. I typed them out for me today. It comes from the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. I can't take credit. It says, few principles are more essential to our understanding than this one. 
the presence of God's kingdom power is directly related to the practice of God's praise. Directly related to the practice of God's praise. The verb enthroned, as you see it there in the scripture, enthroned in the praise of Israel, the verb enthroned indicates that wherever God's people exalt his name, he is read to manifest his kingdom's power in the way most appropriate to the situation as his rule is invited, invited to invade our setting. His rule is invited to invade our setting. It is this fact that properly leads many to conclude that in a very real way, praise prepares a specific and present place for God among his people. Some have chosen the term establish his throne to describe his enthroning of God in our midst by worshiping and praising. Welcome. God awaits, God awaits the prayerful and praise-filled worship of his people as an entry point for his kingdom to come, to enter, that his will will be done in human circumstances. That's powerful. That's what praise does. He comes at that entry point with his kingdom, his way of doing things. He comes with his promises. He comes with his word. He comes in power. That my friends, it's powerful. It's why we start with praise and worship on Sundays or every meeting to invoke his presence into this place, to invoke his presence into our lives, amen, so that his kingdom will be accomplished in us, amen, in our lives, his promises, that you'll be healed, Roberta, not by a doctor, but by God, by the mighty hand of God, that he touched you today, Jim, that he do a work in you today, not a doctor, not what a doctor's plan of, of um, taking care of you, but that God would invade this place and he'd just heal you today. That God's way of doing things, his way of being right, will be accomplished in our lives here and now, amen? That the forgiveness of sins and the healing of our bodies will be accomplished right here, right now, amen? In his presence, in his presence. This is what the Lord's prayer tells us to ask for. This is what praise invokes on us. God becomes enthroned with you. Matthew 6, 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what praise and worship does for us. It's not just to sing a song. It's not just a pastime. It's to invoke God's presence in this place. It's to call him down. God, we need you. Come. Come.
Jesus declared that if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Creation will cry out to him. You see, I cry out to him. That tree didn't fall on my house. It just fell and it died and they chopped it up and it's firewood. We need to praise God like never before. We need to get into the position for God to move. We need to praise him because your life depends on it. It depends on it. This is a weapon of the warfare that evokes God to be here with us, which causes him to move amongst us, which causes him to defeat our enemies. I will put on the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness will be gone from me because God is enthroned in my praises and the devil can't stand to be there. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is freedom. Don't allow yourselves to stay trapped by not praising. This is vital for us. God's desire is to move amongst us, amen, and to defeat the enemy for us. Will you praise him? Will you praise him? Listen, I, I dreamed, dreamt all night. My night was just filled with a dream. It was the same thing over and over. And God kept telling me. He said, I will bring the fire if you'll bring the sacrifice. He just kept telling me that I'll bring the fire if you'll bring the sacrifice. It's not a hamburger. It's not a steak. Here's the sacrifice. Romans 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's your reasonable service. We're gonna worship, we're gonna sing. It's called Fill Me Up. And, and I, I just encourage you today as we sing it, that you present yourself a living sacrifice to your God today here at this altar. Now you come, you get on your knees, you raise your hands, whatever you gotta do to draw close to him. But that you don't hold back from him today because today is a day that God said, if I'll bring the fire, if you'll bring the sacrifice. Come, come to the altar today. Sing Liz. Sacrifice, you provide your spirit. 
your heart to the Lord today. Just open up today to him. You provide the fire.
por amar el visto. Let it rain on him, Father. Open up the windows of heaven to him, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let it rain, Lord. Down. So bring it up. Not afraid. Not afraid. If you need healing, just raise your hands right now. Just receive from heaven right now. Healing rain. Not afraid. Not afraid. The healing rain come. upon your people today, God. Let there be a supernatural outpouring, God, of your healing rain right now, God. Pour it out, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it rain down, God. right now. Receive your healing. Receive it into your body. Receive it into your heart. Let it flow, God. Let it flow today, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let it flow, God, let it flow, let it flow. Healing, 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 Lord. Let it flow. Let it flow, Lord. Let it flow, Lord. Let it flow, Lord. Yeah, let healing come down. Yeah. Let it flow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you that you're being enthroned in our praises.
you're touching our lives today, God. That you've heard from heaven, God. And you've come today to save us, to heal us, to forgive us. We just surrender all to you, Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you haven't made that commitment to Jesus and you need to. You don't want to leave this place without making that commitment to him if you haven't. If you need to make a commitment to Jesus today, just raise your hand right now. That's you. You need to make a commitment. Anybody here? Amen, brother. Anybody else? Come on, don't hold back, man. Today's amen, 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 amen. Father, you've seen these hands. Why don't we all just say this prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me and he rose from the dead. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. I give you my life today. I surrender all to you. Help me to walk it out the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, it means you get a ticket to heaven. Ticket on the J train, baby. <laughs> but now the fun begins growing in him. I love this church. I've been in it, as I said before, since I was 14. If you need a church, I think this is a good one. God is moving. I'm gonna invite my sister Elizabeth to come. She's gonna share with you some things that are going on. Please connect with the church, with the body. We need each other. We need the fellowship of other believers, amen. Get connected, Elizabeth.